Welcome to the Strength in Words podcast. I'm Ayelet Marinovich, your host. The Strength in Words podcast is a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast, in this podcast series, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. Today's episode was produced in partnership with the San Francisco Moms blog, which is part of the well-known City Moms blog network. In this episode, we are flipping the script, and instead of me, Ayelet Marinovich, interviewing a parent or professional, I have the wonderful founder of the San Francisco Moms blog, Kelly Arditi, here with me to interview me as a pediatric speech-language pathologist and parent educator all about how to support early communication. We'll mention several different ideas and resources, including my four-step framework to support all areas of infant and toddler development. You can download my infant toddler development blueprint free at strengthandwords.com forward slash blueprint. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. Hello to the children. Hello to the grown-ups. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to Callie. Hello to Ayalet. Hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, you can sing the song and fill it in. Ready? Hello to your name. Hello to your child's name. Hello. 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 Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 One last time. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. Hi guys, I'm Kelly with San Francisco Moms Blog and I am so excited to be here with our contributing writer, the founder of Strength in Words and the Strength in Words podcast, um, author of Understanding Your Baby. Yes, I keep going on. And she's a speech pathologist. (laughs) And a mom. Um, And and a mom, mom. yes. Um, I yell it. Marinovich. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right? You Marinovich. Did so well, Kelly. That's very um, impressive. <laughs> and today we're talking about how to support early communication mm-hmm. with your baby um, and your toddler and how to interact and play with them. And we have a couple questions that were sent in, so we'll go over those at the end. I did link um, her book, so please take a look at, in the um, comment section. And my son is homesick today. <laughs> yes. Authentic parenting life. <laughs> and it's best. Um, so he is sitting right here with a popsicle and some books, um, but please don't be alarmed if um, you hear him playing in the background. Okay, so let's go ahead and start. Tell us a little bit about early communication and the different parts and things like that. Sure. So. In the first uh, three years, well, not actually just in the first three years, but when we break down communication development, we're looking at a few different areas, right? We're looking at speech, Mm -hmm. which is that actual like motor component of articulating sounds. Okay. Uh, And then we're looking at language, which Mm -hmm. is both the input, which we refer to as receptive language, 
And then the output, which we refer to as expressive language. Okay. And within the area of language, we have a few different things as well. Things like phonology, which are the basic speech sounds like mm. ah, ooh, b, d, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. We have morphology, which are all the units of meaning, right? Those tiny, teeny pieces like um, plural markers, right? We mm -hmm. have syntax, which is grammar. Mm -hmm. And then we have um, semantics, which is vocabulary. And then we have pragmatics, which is the social use of language. Okay. So there are all different kinds of areas that we look up that we look at when we think of communication. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's the verbal part, and then there's the written part, which will eventually become literacy. Right, later on. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And as a pediatric speech-language pathologist, I work on all of those different things. Okay. And then the sort of um, the atypical things that can happen mm -hmm. with little guys and mm -hmm. gals, mm -hmm. uh, and how to support parents who are dealing with those gaps in mm -hmm. early development when mm -hmm. kiddos are not necessarily meeting the milestones or are delayed, or if they have a child who was born with a pre-existing condition, for mm -hmm. instance. Okay, so how do you support those areas specifically? Yeah, so this goes for both typical and atypical mm -hmm. communication development, because I am a pediatric speech-language pathologist, but I also work as a parent educator with my work with Strength in Words, mm -hmm. um, which serves families with all, kids with all developmental levels. Infants and, and you daughters. guys should follow this. She has a Facebook group, it's, it's fantastic and a podcast, mm -hmm. and it's full of really great information. Even your Instagram feed, she always has really fun ideas to play and to to get down and really hang out with your kids with just normal stuff around the house. Yeah. Um, so it's really great. You should check that out for sure. Okay, so yeah. go ahead and continue explaining that. So I think the most important thing that I want to get through to families mm -hmm. is that it does not take fancy toys you don't have to be a stay-at-parent, stay-at-home parent. Mm -hmm. If you are a stay-at-home parent, we know that stay-at-home moms and dads are not necessarily spending all day sitting there and staring at their babies. Right. right. This is not. That's right. not reality. Right. Right. We got to get the stuff of life done. We got to. Right. We got to actually get through the day, whether mm -hmm. or not you work full time or you're at home full time, whatever. So I want to. What I really like, my passion, and what I really strive to hit home is mm -hmm. the fact that you are most likely already doing all of the sort of really big wonderful things to maximize number one your time with your child and number two to really support your child's development mm -hmm. especially in that area of communication that's my mm -hmm. real sweet spot but we know that in uh, the first five years but certainly in the first three years uh, infants and toddlers learn holistically, which means that when you are sort of working or targeting mm -hmm. a specific area like cognitive development or communication development, you're also working on motor development and social and emotional development. Mm -hmm. Those things are not going to be separated, right. right? Because when we're learning how to gesture, we're isolating a finger. We're lifting up our arm we're pointing at pointing. that vocabulary word exactly that you're yeah. yeah so yeah. it's all mm -hmm. um right we're integrating a concept that's cognitive development and mm -hmm. we're interacting with somebody else right social, social and emotional right mm -hmm. so there are 
when you are, you know, working on something, you're going to be working really on so many different things. Right. And you can do this with stuff, number one, with stuff that you're already, with, that you already have in your mm -hmm. home and with the time that you're already spending with your child. Mm -hmm. uh, primarily through things like caregiving routines, mm -hmm. through daily routines like going to check the mail or right. putting your shoes on or, or even running an errand. I, exactly. I, I love this because I think as parents, we always question and doubt everything that we're doing. Um, and you'd feel guilty about everything. I feel guilty right now that my son is sick and sitting next to me and I'm still doing this. Um, but, but that's normal. And so what I love about this is that you don't really need anything fancy. Yeah. You're already doing it. You already have the tools that you need it's just a matter of figuring out how to yes, use them. Yes, and not being afraid to use them yeah. and get creative with them. Yeah. Right. So how to support communication. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think about this as sort of a four-step or four-area framework. Okay. So number one is play, right? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean, really? Play is really defined as using tools, using materials, and experimenting mm -hmm. with them for no specific purpose, right? Okay. So when we're thinking of play, it's a really, it's hard to get down to that level because mm -hmm. as adults, we think about the notion of play as like we play a game. We right. follow there's the rules, right? Or there's like a, a plus B a goal. C. Yeah, there's, right. It's and not about is, the process. And this is totally open. Yeah. So, so infants and toddlers and young children in general are going to be learning best through open-ended play okay. and, and through open-ended play materials. Mm -hmm. So forget the notion of like, blocks are for stacking and books are for, re for reading front mm -hmm. to back. Like your child is, now your baby's mouthing a block mm -hmm. guess what he's playing with it yeah what's he learning about when he does that he's learning about the texture he's learning about the weight of mm -hmm. it all of the properties of it he's mm -hmm. learning about how it moves when he brings how his, to hold it how to hold it exactly yeah. all of those things books your baby's mouthing a book guess what that's a developmentally appropriate early literacy experience for your child, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Um, and regardless of, like, if you just sit there reading the newspaper out loud and your baby is sitting there, that's wonderful early literacy. Like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. All of that is play. Okay. And just walking around with your baby, um, talking about what you see, that's play, right? That's supporting all areas of development, okay. right? So. So it's really basic stuff. And just being open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. And when, um, what I think you're going to really like this, because I know you have a background in um, improvisational comedy, Kelly, mm -hmm. but what I like to think about it is this idea of yes and, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. we, we talk about things like follow your baby's lead, right? Follow your child's lead, right? Yes. What does, that, what does mean? that mean, right? <laughs> like we hear all these, like there are great things on TV now, these amazing advertisements of like first five. It's like talk, play, sing, read, right? Yes, but like what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, you, your baby like starts mouthing a book. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And you're mouthing a book. Yeah. Fill it in with words, yes. right? Which brings me to my second mm -hmm. sort of framework idea, which is uh, talk, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to play. We want to talk to our babies. Um, bathe them in a... Oh, yes. Well yes, done. We finished the popsicle. Good bathe job. them in a language-rich environment, which means um, 
talking about what they're doing, okay? Giving words to what they're doing, giving words to how you interpret what they're doing or how they're feeling. So even now, I'm cleaning his hands. Mm -hmm. I would say, oh, I'm cleaning your hands right now, Mom. Right. I'm cleaning your face. Sticky, right? Yeah. Um, so think okay. about things like action words, descriptive so words. even something as simple as just cleaning up, you can add words to that, and that's learning experience. That's it. Exactly. That's how they learn. That's how they learn vocabulary through contextual experience. Mm -hmm. okay. So, of course, like your child's first word is not going to be banana if he's never seen a banana or hates bananas, right? right. They're going to be using words, they're mm -hmm. going to be learning how to use words and they're going to be motivated to use words that are based on their interests mm -hmm. and um, their experience. Yeah, stuff that they've heard. Exactly. Right. So play, talk, okay. sing. Okay. Sing. So I think I get a lot of flack for this one sometimes because not everyone feels musical, right? right. But I want to remind everybody that being musical or providing musical experiences for your child does not necessarily mean like singing in a beautifully right. operatic voice. They don't voice. know that, that your voice isn't like fantastic, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Number okay. one, like you've got a good at least two, two and a half years before your child even decides that you that you should or should not be singing. Right. Most likely. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um and your voice uh it represents comfort and closeness, right? Your baby, if you carried your baby mm -hmm. They have been hearing your voice since before they were born. Right. It's they, comforting to them. It's a comfort measure. Right. It is it's associated with these positive things. Right. right. So they're associating you and your voice and you talking or singing to them with that. Not like, my gosh, my mom is a horrible singer. Right. Right. No. Um, number two, like rhythm. <laughs> Excellent communication skills at work, right? And look at this wonderful early literacy know, experience. Know, right? <laughs> These are like 16 feet the cat books right here. They're the best. All right, so um, not just singing, but uh, playing music around your baby, right? Imagine holding your child and tapping the rhythm, right? All you have to do, all you have to do is tap the rhythm on your baby's body, right? I and mean, it's a rhythmic experience. If you're hearing, so this is actually really funny. So my mom is very musical. Okay, she's probably gonna watch this at some point later today. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> um, she's very musical, and we I come from a very musical family. Um, and what she used to do when we were in the car, I remember this as a child. She on the center console when we would be in the car, just the regular radio would be on. She would um, pat the beat of the song on the center console That's to awesome. teach us yep. rhythm competence. Yes, yes, and I remember like hearing it and find she'd be like come find the beat with me and we would find the beat and so I actually do it with my kids because it was really special and now he's on my phone. Um, and don't forget that that is um, that is also supporting communication development right. just that rhythm because think about it when we talk yeah we I, imagine if I talked like this and it was only like this and there were no gaps and pauses and anything like just, that right that would be strange. Yeah. That would be an atypical mm -hmm. social use of language. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so music really mirrors so much of what we do in speech and language. So we use pauses. We use phrases. Mm -hmm. We use a melody. The intonation of our voice is yeah. called prosody, right? There's a term for this. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's a term for it. Of course. And I um, love she knows it, too. <laughs> but the, like, all of this stuff, this is based on science. This is based on, this is not like, 
the like, oh, what's the best practice for like how I should do this if I have $30 today, what should I spend the money on to support my baby's development? Right. It doesn't matter what it is. You are the toy, right? Right. And these are really simple things yeah. that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have play. Yep. We have talk. Mm -hmm. We have sing. sing. So what's the fourth? The last one is move, right? Because we know that children learn through movement. Mm -hmm. um, movement, motor and sensory development are sort of two sides of the same coin. Um, I'm not an occupational therapist, so that's not my primary part and expertise, mm -hmm. but it is so all related. Like I was talking about earlier, holistic learning, right? Mm -hmm. So motor development is about how our bodies enact on the world and telling our bodies mm -hmm. to do those things. And sensory development is figuring out how our body is taking in sensory information, information through the different senses that we have. Mm -hmm. So when our child are, when our children are exploring their environment, right, when they're just, a baby is on a blanket, on mm -hmm. a sheepskin, on a, whatever it is, the floor, right? they're learning through movement, mm -hmm. just through moving their arms up and down. Remember, when your baby realized that they had hands, like, yeah, Whoa! Yeah, yes, like that's yes. amazing stuff. So little things to help to um, encourage that movement, give them space, right? We we have all these sort of containers that mm -hmm. we rely on now because they're modern and they're going to help our babies develop. Right. They're not. What's going to help your baby develop is is to move and experience the world, right? right. Right. So, so we have dance parties yeah, um, during the witching hours. Oh, my mom just said hi. I was just chatting about you. Um, so at, in the evening, so I have two boys, one you just Me met. Me too. Um, and sometimes in the evenings, there's so much energy, yeah. and we will put on really fun music and have, like, these little dance parties. And to be honest, it's like a little break for mommy because it's hard, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it's so good for them to explore, and that's music and movement. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, they're older. Um, and even if, play, you, even if you picked up an well. infant and yep. kind of move, right? Exactly. So these are things like these sort of ways to think about, like, what are the things that I can do with my child? They're totally appropriate for infants from birth to at least three years old and beyond, right? Okay. This is like preschool, my almost five-year-old, this is how I think, okay, what can I be doing if I've been playing with like stuff? What can I do right now to enhance, to like get more movement, right? And you have to think about too, too movement. Um, movement can be used, especially when you combine it with music and mm -hmm. things like that, to both enhance and uh, liven up a child's sensory system or to also like calm it down, calm right? Down, so think yeah. about like a play song, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking dance yeah. parties, right? Those like, are upbeat. Exciting, fun, like you're singing along, it's a dance party, it's great. Or you can think more along the lines of a lullaby, which is more to like calm and, and soothe and mm -hmm. even like so, slow hey, movements and holding. Like mm -hmm. these are things that you can do to both encourage excitement and also sort of decrease the level of energy. Right. Okay. Um, perfect. And what are the milestones in the first three years that parents, you know, I think a lot of people are concerned. They want to make sure their child's meeting every milestone. Right. So what are some things that they should look for in the first three years right. that have to do with this early communication? So I, <laughs> first of all, I, I want to encourage you to look at, again, your whole child. Um, but these are some things that you can be aware of, right? So um, 
I think we focus on like, oh my gosh, my baby should be talking at age one, right? Yeah. But think about even if you have an infant, like what are the, the little things that you can do to encourage things like um, smiling and giggling, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like through play, of course, yeah. right? And right. interaction. Um, and what are the kinds of things that you can do to encourage babbling, like use of that consonant and vowel mm -hmm. combination? Nah, bah, 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 bah. And a great way to do that is through music mm -hmm. um, and talking to your baby, right? Mm -hmm. Your child babbles, it's actually amazing. Like your child is going to be babbling. Um, using the speech sounds mm -hmm. and the melody of the language or languages that you are exposing him to. Right. Which is right. so cool, right? right? I mean, it makes sense, obviously. Right. But like, when you think about it, you're like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, so my, my sister-in-law always used to, um, she had kids before me, um, and she always, with her kids, and now I do it with my kids because I loved it, yeah. she would say, and then what happened? And yes. then what happened? Yeah. That, but yes, I mean, and. like to an infant, yes. because the infant would be like, blah, 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 yeah. blah, and she'd be like, tell me more. And then what happened? Yeah. So be it encouraging them, turn taking, right? Because right. if you think about like, how do we break down a conversation? What are the elements in a conversation? Mm -hmm. I send a message to you, mm -hmm. you listen and respond back to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, that's so it doesn't, what, right, the content doesn't actually matter when we're teaching about what that looks like, right? So there are lots of elements that we can focus on, just that pragmatic, the use of language, right? When you're teaching your child to take turns back and forth, conversational turns, mm -hmm. you're teaching them about communication, you're teaching social them cues. about social cues mm -hmm. and um, emotional regulation, right? How to wait. Mm -hmm. um, you're teaching them about joint attention, which is like a pre Cursor to learning a, about being able to partake in a conversation, which is essentially like we're both attending to that flower over there. Mm -hmm. There's some like, oh my gosh, look, there that is. Yeah. And we're both aware that like we're both looking Together. at the same thing. Yeah. 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 So um so these kinds of things, right? And all of those things really happen in the first year, mm -hmm. which is great. So like your baby's not just talking at like lots 12 of months things. or whatever. Yeah. So all of these little things are things to be like thinking about and being aware of. And you can accomplish those through playing, talking, making musical experiences and movement experiences mm -hmm. for your child. And what about comparing? Yeah. Yeah. We, we always say this. Don't compare. You can't even from one child to yeah. like your second child. Yeah. Everything is so different. Yeah. That's really hard because yeah. and especially I think with your first child when you're a first time parent. You're, you're going to the little preschool class or the mommy and me class and you see, you know, so-and-so over here is having like full sentence conversations yeah. with his or her mommy. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard. Um, yeah. But you just, you can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't compare. Right. So the, so, um, I think this is related. So, so we were talking about the infant stuff, but then when you get into like once verbal develop, like linguistic development is, they're actually using words. So mm -hmm. we want to see about one word by age one. Okay. And we want to see that our children are able to follow about one step directions around age one. Okay. So one word and one step direction, meaning go get your blankets. Yeah. Wear your shoes. Yeah, wear, wear your shoes. shoes. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Okay. So one by one. Yeah. And then what about like 18 months? So 18 months, we, we want to see a real like 
generally when they have about 50 words, mm -hmm. you'll start to see them combining two words mm -hmm. because yeah. around that 50 word count is when they're using lots of different kinds of words, right? Nouns and verbs and mm -hmm. adjectives and social words, and, you know, environmental sounds and so things like, uh oh, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so uh oh, banana. Yeah. Right. Can the, be, um, or mama up. Right. Go Dog Go is a really yeah, great book. Great. We yeah. love that book. Mm -hmm. um, but he would say Red Dog, yeah. Blue Dog, and just just copying me. I don't think obviously, he yeah, reading, but like, but he would say that because we would read the book, so he would put those two yeah. words together. Yeah. Blue Dog, Red Dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I yeah. want to encourage parents. Num number one, when we talk about like what what is a first word, signing counts, right? Your first sign. Right, your first that's, sign. That's so a word. Actually, that's symbolic language. So, so that I know something. we're getting there. Yeah, yeah someone we'll asked about, about sign that. language. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll talk about that in just a sec. Um, but first word mm -hmm. also is like you want to. Um, you want to. When we like count a word, mm -hmm. it does not number one have to be said in like the correct way. Like wawa for water, that that's a word. Yeah, but okay. he's saying something very specific. Mm -hmm. So it does, so that's a, you count that word, right? Okay. Um, but and that's also, okay. You don't have to worry that no. they can't say it perfectly. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, it's because they're sequencing so many different things. Remember all of those elements, all the speech, all the like placement of the tongue and the like breath support, like. That's a whole lot of stuff. That's right. why they don't speak much and it before. Takes time. Yeah, exactly. But I like what you were saying before. There's two different, so they have to understand. Yeah. They have to understand language in order to really be able right. To so that's really important because I know that. Um, hi. Hi. Oh, taking pictures of books. He's trying to take pictures of his books. Um, I remember we had a conversation a long time ago um, because I was worried. My, my son Byron had problems with his ears. Mm -hmm. He had tubes in his ears, um, and he's totally fine now. Um, but I called her, and I was like, "I what are the signs I need to look for? And I remember you told me, can he understand you? Yeah. Even though he's not saying it, that's a huge step, right, yeah. is being able to say, where are your shoes? Go get your shoes. Um, come to the front door. Come, yeah. You know. And, and so it's really two parts, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then forming those words, you have to be able to, to sequence the speech sounds to be understood. Right. 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 So really three. Right. right. Yeah. Um, what crazy. about an older milestone real quick? And then we'll go to yeah. our Okay. Um, so questions. I wanted to say, so by, by, by age one, we want to generally see around one word or mm -hmm. more, mm -hmm. but this is, I mean, again, this is a range. This is just like basic. Thank you, Siri, for yeah. letting us know. Um, <laughs> and then by age two, we want to see two words being put together. By age three, we want to see at least three words being okay, put so together. Okay, so that's easy to so remember. It's really easy. Okay, exactly. okay, so one, two, and three. And then also on the other side of that understanding, following two, around two, at least two-step directions by age two mm -hmm. and three-step directions by age three. Okay, three steps meaning go get your jacket, go yeah. get your shoes, and meet me by the front door? Right. Okay. Okay, perfect. All right, so we have a couple questions that were sent in to us. Um, the first one we, we briefly touched on is sign language. I feel like this is a very um, big trend right now is mm -hmm. signing up for the baby sign language right. classes. Right. <laughs> He's playing with Siri right now. And she keeps saying, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um, so can you just touch on that and like, how beneficial this can really be? Mm -hmm. Should parents be doing this? Is this right. for everyone? Right. Yeah. Okay, so number one, we're already using gestures. Okay. Right? If you are waving around your child, if you've ever clapped, mm -hmm. if you've ever pointed, right? Mm -hmm. If you've ever nodded your head or shaken your head or gone like this, 
or where, right? Yeah. Those are all gestures. And sign language is a, a whole language full of gestures. Now, for the purposes of typically developing children using sign language and also um, developmentally delayed, sign is a bridge to verbal language. Okay. So um, we see children uh, using gestures before we see them using words generally. Okay. Um, so if you think about it that way, you, you'll understand like, yes, of course, my baby started pointing or clapping mm -hmm. um, before he started saying like, Yay, what he was bird. pointing to. Right, yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, okay. Right, so, so we know that use of gestures, the more a young child, an infant really, uses gestures, and into toddlerhood too, the, um, there is a correlation between early gestural use and more gestural use and language development. Okay, okay. Which is cool. It's <laughs> so funny, right? Um, but, but does that mean that every child should go out and, and every parent is like doing their, to their do <laughs> Okay. Doing them, their children a disservice if you're not able to participate in a sign language class? No. No, no because you can do certain <laughs> yeah. things at home. You so, can do all of it at home. So it's very beneficial, yeah. but you shouldn't feel bad if you can't make that sign language class. You yeah. can still work on things at home. Absolutely. And through that framework, again, of playing, right? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you are playing and you hide something under a book, you can do this. Where? Where? Right. Where's the ball? Right, right. And you're still or signing. ball mm -hmm. or eat, right? Mm -hmm. During caregiving routines, during mm -hmm. daily routines, whatever it is, mm -hmm. during like going and opening up the window and saying, where is the sun? Right. I'm just using, I'm using where because right. it's like, this is a really useful, like, and it's not even a sign, right? That's not like American sign language. You don't need to use any formal mm -hmm. system of signs. You just have to be consistent. Right. Right. So if you teach your child, that this is eat. Yeah. Whether, I think this is actually eat. Mm -hmm. but, but let's just say it wasn't. Let's say I made that up. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He can still communicate with me and say, as long I as you eat. understand it, right? Right. And okay. as far as signing, like prohibiting like, verbal language, no, that's, not that's uh, been shown in all of the research that it does not uh, impair or delay verbal language. It, um, it actually, helps. exactly, okay. like I said, it's a bridge. So that was my other question because I feel like something that a lot to talk about, there's a little controversy, like, no, I can teach sign. He's not going to talk. Right, because right, it actually does help. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been, like I said, like more gestures is, is going to be great for linguistic and language help. development. So Becky just said here, hand gestures helped my son in speech yeah. therapy. Visual cues yep. helped him so much in improving his articulation. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That, and that's like a specific, can be a whole area of, um, of use in speech therapy for not only language, but also articulation, that speech, right? Yeah. Because we use, we can use cues to like, to help a child remember like where to place his tongue, right? right? All of these, these are helping, right? We don't communicate just through verbal language. Mm -hmm. All of us use gestures. Right. So we are already communicating using multiple modes of communication, nonverbal and verbal alike. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we we help to assist in our and the our our conversational partner's understanding of mm -hmm. what we're saying. Mm -hmm. As I move my hands right, all around, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We all when we it. when we vogue it out, right? When <laughs> so it's really it's a helpful thing and it's a great Mommy. thing and you can use it within play, Mommy. within 
<coughs> when you talk to your yeah. child, pair that sign with the word, right? Because if you if you want to your child to not only use the sign but also eventually use the word, you do it together. Exactly, and they're going to use the most efficient. Um, way possible. So if they're not able to say the word yet, or they're just not comfortable with imitating that word, then they're going to use the sign first. But once they can, they're going to say gonna it. the word. Yeah. Right. And that sign will fall away. Okay. Yeah. Um, when should you seek help? That was a question. Yeah. Again, I, we touched on this. Yeah. Worry. You want them to meet every milestone. So at what point do you recommend a parent actually saying, okay, I need to talk to my pediatrician, we need a referral, I need help? Yeah, so those milestone sort of basics that I re that I referenced earlier, like the one, one word by one, two words by two, three words by three, those are averages, mm -hmm. right? So if your child is slightly delayed and is not saying one word exactly at 12 months, mm -hmm. okay, that's fine, mm -hmm. but be aware of what else is going on, right? And some children are just like really motivated in the area of motor development, right? Mm -hmm. Like my both my boys yeah. did not crawl until 10 and 11 months. And we had friends who like her son was crawling at six months. And I was like, my son's not crawling. Right, right. Right. As, and I know, like I have all this information in my head, but and as a mom, still I'm still, of course, yeah. it's a vulnerable yeah, time. Yeah. Why having this information yeah. is so empowering because you have a better sense of what what you're and how to manage your expectations really. It's a little wet outside. So generally, me. what I like to say is, if your child, if you're not seeing, keep going. I'll be right back. If you're not seeing a, like a basic progression of like little movement forward in all of those different areas, right? Cognitive development, problem solving skills, and things like that, and paying attention. Um, communication development, motor and sensory development, and social emotional development. If your child seems to be just like stuck at a place for more than a couple of months, then absolutely talk to your doctor about it. And in the state of California, and in all over the, the United States of America, we have something called Early Start. Um, which means that you, if your child is experiencing delays or you feel like your child is experiencing delays, you can get recommended and you can get an assessment and people will come and, and look at your child and, and tell you yeah. whether or not something is going on and whether you need to get extra support to help your child develop to meet those milestones. Um, and early intervention services are free. So, I mean, and so then how do you get that information? So, do you number go? one, talk to your doctor. Okay. If you don't like what your doctor is saying, because some doctors are old school and they go with the wait and see approach. If that does not sit well with you and you really feel like something's going on, um, you can contact the Department the Department of Developmental Services okay. um, in your state and and contact early start and okay. you will find that information that's really helpful it's great yeah and I think it's hard because we as parents we don't sometimes it's really hard to get to that place where we, where we can admit that there is something to worry about and when we don't know whether or not there's right. something to worry about it's like oh, it's just gonna be fine but number one like if there's a family history in like hearing impairment mm -hmm. and your child is delayed in speech and language Go talk to your doctor. Get that hearing test. Right. Um, number two, if you feel like your kid is just like stuck in a place and is just not moving forward, or she, sorry, I'm using he's because I have two who's and there's yeah. a he. Um, <laughs> but like, it's okay. Just go go and ask yeah. because the worst that can happen is that you will get the help that you need. 
And your child will get the help that he or she right. needs. And that's and amazing. you will get free support from a person who has all kinds of amazing tricks up their sleeves. Right. You will get this toolbox of stuff right. and you'll be like, I never thought about that. What a great idea. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And also talk to the teachers too. I feel like teachers are a really good place to start if you have some questions, yeah. even even like with a little guy in preschool. Daycare. Um, yeah, because they have yeah. a lot of experience as yeah. well. Um, okay, um, this one was sent in. How do I play with my three-month-old? Yeah. So this, this is, is hard because three-month-old's really little. You yeah. feel like you can't play, but you can. Ooh, absolutely. There's a lot of stuff. That's what my book is all about, right? Yes. So, so how do you do that? So again, this framework of playing, right? So offering up something. A three-month-old is most likely starting to sort of use their hands and legs and mm -hmm. reaching out more purposefully, right? Mm -hmm. Up to that three month old period. Um, there's, they're more sort of just reflective, reflexive jerky movements, but right. around three, four months is when a child starts to move more purposefully. Mm -hmm. So put things around them that they can reach for and even start to grasp or hold and mm -hmm. bring to their mouth. Mm -hmm. When you have a child who's found their thumb or hand, it's, it's great, great for them to find that. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want him to be a thumb sucker. Right. So they take their baby's hand but out. it's only a three-month-old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think since we don't know, like, we imagine when our children are three months old, and I know, like, you and Sarah Mitchell have talked about this, yeah. like, oh, my God, my baby's not going to sleep until he's in college. Right. right. But, right. like, this is, this is three months old. Things are going to change. Yes. So quickly. Right. Like so quickly. So quickly. So right. much more quickly than you're even prepared. Right. For. Actually, I used to, whenever I felt like I had it down, I was like, okay, I got this. Then they would change. That's, that's like exactly it changes it. that yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, touching and feeling at yeah. that, at the three month mark. Is yeah, absolutely. Touching and feeling. And then also singing or playing music mm -hmm. um, with them and, mm -hmm. and just offering different kinds of tactile materials. They may still be having this like um, reflexive grasp when you put something in their hand. Yeah, Take advantage that. of that. Put your hand in their hand. Right. Put diff things of different textures in their hand so they can just experience that. Thank you. Right. Um, and then like visual things that like moving around. I think we get really excited about like, oh, those like high contrast images, those black and white images are great. Like we need to buy those. Right. Sure, you can buy those and right. they're beautiful. But guess what else is a high contrast images? image your face yeah um the the connection between the window and the the darkness behind the window right, right. the win the the wall right it's the word, word i'm looking for <laughs> um i'm looking around at a hundred of them right yeah now, right? Just stuff in your house everything you that, like, a picture frame right mm -hmm. All of these are high contrast images. So moving around with your baby and taking like a walk down the hallway mm -hmm. and looking at stuff, commenting on the stuff that you're seeing, who's in the picture, what you're looking at, what you like to do, where you like to go, right? All of those kinds of words. Bathe your child in, in language because they're going to be learning the language um, that you're exposing them to or languages mm -hmm. um, by, by hearing it. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's going on a little tour of your house. That's a great idea. Um, what are your favorite toys for toddler development? Yeah. So um, I love anything that um, is stackable, mm -hmm. that you can hide things under, mm -hmm. that makes noise, uh, but doesn't have uh, like crazy voices and button things right. to push. Right. Um, I'm thinking more like 
things that nest in between other things and mm -hmm. have different shapes and mm -hmm. things that fit in other things. Um, things that you can blow or, or throw mm -hmm. or move with, right? Again, it all comes back to this like playing with open-ended materials. Now, all of these things that I've mentioned, like, yes, you can go out and buy a shape sorter or, or a stacking, you know, yeah. cup set, or you can go into the kitchen right. and Tupperware pick out. out your Tupperware. Yes, exactly. Because look at what's happening. Like, right. Putting things inside, taking them out, putting the top on, finding um, the top that fits. Yes, hiding things inside and rattling them project. in. That's a musical instrument, right? There's so many different things. That's yeah, it. that is a great. It's project. like tell your four-year-old, hey, can you help mommy match the Tupperware tops? You know, because it's always a mess, like in that cabinet or drawer. Give them a mission. Yeah, um, <laughs> they need. They are mission-driven. But things children. like that, so stackable um, yeah. shapes, things like that. Yeah, okay. or a ball, right? Or a building materials. But again, like, yes, you can go out and buy these like beautiful, you know, organically stained wooden blocks, <laughs> which are beautiful and amazing. Right. But you, you know what else you can use? Uh, those bricks of diaper wipes, uh -huh. stack them on top of each other. Like right. all of these things are already in your house. You already have mm -hmm. the power to like maximize all of these naturally uh, occurring things in your home. Mm -hmm. You just have to figure out yeah, and be creative with it. Yeah, yeah. Play peekaboo, right? Hide behind the diaper wipe, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we all have those, right? Um, yeah, it's okay. not the magic is not in the material. The magic is in the interaction mm -hmm. and the experimentation that can happen with that object, right? So if you have a bunch of toys that are like, press this button and it's going to teach your child about shapes, yeah. what's going to teach your child about shapes? Putting them out in the environment, right. like. Finding them and putting two stars on top of your eyes and pretending that they're binoculars, right? Right. These are, this is how you're doing. Right, right. Okay. Through play. So basic. Think basic. Think simple. Think simple. Okay. Um, so I have one more question, and that is languages, real quick. Um, what do you recommend for parents that are trying to do two languages? Oh, yeah. This is a good so one. So this, this is something that we're doing. We're doing Spanish with our children. Um, they go to Spanish immersion when they don't have fever. Yeah. Um, and so how, is, is there anything that you could recommend when you're trying to kind of um, help them learn something other than English? In your yeah. yeah. Well, again, this is like just like learning one language, you're going to be supporting it through play, mm -hmm. <laughs> words, right? Using those words in yeah. the environment. Songs, songs okay. reading, books, mm -hmm. um, and social engagement, and moving around and talking about how those kids are moving and experiencing lots so of different things. So you just expose them on all those different different categories the same way. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. But what I would say is um, usually best practice, yeah. and I get, like, we don't live in a vacuum, so this is hard to do and not always a reasonable thing and may not work for every family, but, like, with simultaneous um, language development, which is like learning two languages simultaneously, yeah. if you speak English and your child's teacher speaks Spanish, mm -hmm. keep it that way. But you can also, like, that doesn't mean that you can't like read a book or do something within a specific kind of routine, like a bedtime routine. Right. Um, like give them an option of a Spanish book or an English book. Okay. And read it in both languages or, okay. or one language. 
Um, so mm -hmm. I think just keeping it consistent is okay. a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, and giving them lots of different kinds of ways to experience those each of those languages, right? So if you have one parent who speaks Spanish and one parent who speaks French, be as consistent as you can um, with your child. And, and if you both speak English together and that's your like language of love, that's yeah. fine, right, right? right? But like when you're talking to your child or children, be as consistent as you can. Okay. Um, many children uh, learn multiple language in a, what's called a, uh, sequential uh, language learning environment, which is like you you only speak your home language until they go to school, and right? then in English start. or in okay. French or whatever it is, and then they learn. Their second and that's language. fine too. So I think the consistency is the key, and also giving access to that language or languages in lots of different ways, and making it fun, making it fun to yeah. play with the words, right. play with and, the sound, and not being. You want yeah. to read that book. And not being afraid to expose. I think a lot of people yeah. um, that I've talked to worry because, you know, we're doing two languages. So they ask us, like, aren't you worried they're going to be delayed in English because you're exposing them to another language? Right. And so not, so much, not to worry so much about that. Right. Because children are picking up, um, they are figuring out how to categorize mm -hmm. and make sense of those patterns. Mm -hmm. So when you are exposing your child to multiple languages, you're actually encouraging lots of cognitive development okay. as well, which is really cool. Which is really good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, to finish up, if you guys have any other questions, please ask them live. Um, and to finish up, I want you to tell us a little bit about your book, why you wrote it. Um, again, we have the link here, so you guys should definitely check it out. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about the book real quick. Yeah. So. Um, in May, I launched my first book, which is called Understanding Your Baby. And what it is, is a week-by-week -week development and activity guide for playing with your baby from birth to 12 months. So it goes through, and um, I think when new parents hear that, they're like, I can't read a book. But literally, and of course, because I'm a mom, and yes. I ran out the door without my book. Um, <laughs> this morning. We were going to show you the book. Yeah. But yeah, it's been one of those days for all of us. But literally, it's like, for instance, it goes through and it's like the section of like, here's one thing your child might be working on in the area of cognitive development. Here's what you can do. And all of the ideas mm -hmm. are using those kinds of things that I suggested with stuff that's already in your home or attached to you, right? Yeah. Um, and giving you ideas for, for doing, for supporting your child's development through play and through movement and through you know, early literacy experiences and stuff like that. And um, are you going to write another book? <laughs> Funny you should ask. Funny you should ask. I am actually like in the thick of uh, my toddler book, which will be uh, launching in March. And will it be similar or it will kind of tell you different yeah. stages and stuff? Okay. So with the toddler book, it's going to be covering age one to three okay. years. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of week by week, because I think that can get a little bit intense, it's mm -hmm. month by month. But for each month, I, um, I give two different areas of developmental um, stuff, like okay. social, emotional, and motor, and then two different kinds of things that they might be working on, and then two different um, sets of ideas that you can do to support that development. So 
I can get you some. Yeah, you can find that all on Amazon, which you found. Um, the link that Kelly put is on the baby book. Yes. Um, and the toddler book is actually now available for pre-order. So if you just look up on Amazon, Understanding Your Toddler, you will find that and you are welcome to pre-order the ebook. Perfect. Well, that's very exciting. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your patience with thank my book. Thank still you guys. And thank you guys for your patience as well. This was unexpected with a little fever. Can't send him to school. And we do have a doctor's appointment later today. Um, but thank you so much. I feel like this was really, really helpful. And please keep the conversation going. Um, you can continue to comment on this. Um, and we will be uploading this to our YouTube channel. And definitely check out Strength in Words, the Facebook group, and the Instagram handle. Um, it's full of really great tips, things that you can just look at every day. Um, do you want to say bye? Say bye. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye, Kelly. Goodbye, Ayelet. Goodbye, singers. Goodbye, everybody. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts. Being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. If you want to download your free infant toddler development blueprint, go ahead and head to strengthandwords.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to, please do give us a reading and review on, of the Strength and Words podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts. Thanks so much. See you again next time.